are back on Right Now with Jim Dawes on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. Your America First Journal of News, Politics, and Culture. Coming to you live on iHeartRadio and available as a podcast on iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. And you can follow me on Twitter at Right Now Jim Dawes. And I love to hear from listeners. You can shoot me an email. The address is rightnowjimdaws at gmail.com. Or you can call the vent line and leave a message. Get something off your chest at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Call the vent line and we might use your call on the broadcast. know i've been saying for a while now that it feels like we're living in a reality tv show uh because really if this this whole uh situation in washington dc was being scripted by a hollywood screenwriter he could not write a more improbable or compelling narrative than what's going on and you know the only thing i'm able to conclude is the democrats are, are trying their best to get voted off the island. Uh, they're destroying themselves. Uh, they're making a total ass of themselves at every opportunity. And Nancy Pelosi uh, continued in that vein yesterday when she announced that with a sad and heavy heart and in a prayerful frame of mind, uh, we must move forward to impeach this president. Sadly, but with confidence and humility, with allegiance to our founders and a heart full of love for America. Today, I am asking our chairman to proceed with articles of impeachment. I commend our committee chairs and our members for their somber approach to actions which I wish the president had not made necessary. Oh, my goodness. Only only reaction to that is... Surprise, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise, surprise. They've been at this... Since before Donald Trump took office, they've uh, they've tried everything. They're getting desperate now because the election's right around the corner, and uh, everybody can see that the Democrats' field is uh, lame, and that Donald Trump is likely to get reelected, and they're in a panic. So they've ginned up this bogus whistleblower complaint, and they're moving forward on that. Nancy Pelosi says, "Oh, you know, we're not we're not moving fast," as Jonathan Turley pointed out. Um, this has been going on for two and a half years. Well, uh, the, I'm glad you asked that question because all I hear from the press is that I'm moving so swiftly that it's like a blur going by. This has been a couple of years, two and a half, uh, since the uh, initial investigation of the U.S., the Russian involvement in America. So she's bringing it back up the Russian investigation that was probably the most thoroughly and exhaustively investigated uh, uh, investigation in history where they tried to gin up something anything in order to frame donald trump but we're back on that so maybe nancy's not as expert liar as i thought because she sort of let the mask slip right there because election which started much of this and then led to other things but i do think the aha moment for the country was the uh, uh the action taken by the the President Trump appointee, the uh, inspector general of the intelligence community, who said that there was a a credible uh, um, report from a whistleblower of grave concern. If that report is so credible, why are we not allowed to cross-examine the whistleblower? This this, uh, 
this false narrative that they put out there that the whistleblower is entitled to anonymity is pure hokum, pure hokum. And if they think they're going to uh, shuffle this over to the Senate and the whistleblower is not going to be called to testify, they've got another thing coming. But, yeah, she points out uh, rightfully that uh, this was a Trump appointee, the inspector general, who changed the rules of the uh, whistleblower complaints to allow for hearsay, not firsthand knowledge, and then uh, allowed this coordination with Adam Schiff and his staff to kick off this desperate last-ditch effort to impeach this president. Nancy looks at you from the uh, TV screen with a straight face and says that this has nothing, nothing, she says, to do with politics. Well, thank you for your question. This has absolutely nothing to do with politics. Absolutely. It isn't about politics, partisanship, Democrats and Republicans. That's totally insignificant. Oh, it's totally insignificant. How dare you even think such a thing? to say that this has got anything to do with pro, uh, politics. Can't you see that Nancy and the Democrats are solemn and prayerful? And to show how solemn and prayerful she is, she has instructed her committee chairmen on Monday morning to convene the Judiciary Committee to hold another sham impeachment hearing. We haven't heard what they're going to talk about, but that just so happens to be the same day that the uh, Department of Justice Inspector General is going to be dropping his report into the origins of the Russiagate hoax. Nancy Pelosi had a lot of balls in the air yesterday, and uh, and she sort of blew a gasket when she was uh, holding her weekly press conference. And one of the one of the uh, reporters there had the nerve to ask a question that she didn't like. Do you hate the president? Speaker? I, don't, I don't Collins. hate anybody. Representative Collins, the reason I asked. I don't hate anybody. Not anybody in the world. I did not accuse you. I asked a question. Representative Collins yesterday suggested that the Democrats are doing this simply because they don't like the guy. I think it's an important point. I think the president is a coward when it comes to helping uh, our government kids who are afraid of gun violence. I think he is cruel when he doesn't deal with the, the, helping our dreamers, of which we're very proud. I think he's in denial about the constitu- about the uh, climate crisis. However, that's about the election. This is about the election. Take it up in the election. This is about the Constitution of the United States and the facts that lead to the president's violation of his oath of office. No, 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 no. So this uh, uh, this impeachment doesn't uh, is, is just is, has nothing to do with politics. Take it up in the election. Well, this impeachment is about the election, and I don't hate Donald Trump. He's cruel, and heartless, and uh, and a traitor. But I don't hate him because I'm a Catholic. Don't you dare mess with me, she says. You know, I always uh, look sideways at one of these people that claim to be a Catholic, a good practicing Catholic at the same time they're supporting partial birth abortion. I don't, you know, my as soon as they invoke their Catholicism, when they're taking that position, I just, I stop listening immediately. <laughs> Hillary Clinton uh, came out of the woods yesterday to tweet that uh, in America, no one is above the law, really. Really, coming from Hillary Clinton, she's gonna she's gonna go there. 
she absolutely got destroyed on Twitter by of <laughs> the obvious response. Hillary Clinton is above the law. She has been able to get away with massive corruption ever since she rode in from Arkansas on the coattails of uh, of her um, her husband. Literally took hundreds of millions of dollars for their foundation at the same time from uh, Ten Pock dictatorships at the same time that they had business before her State Department. I got to tell you the truth. I sort of prefer Al Green's uh, re, uh, approach to all of this. The Geico caveman representative from Houston, Texas. And he, uh, he took to CNN yesterday and pointed out, well, yeah, you know, maybe these charges won't stick in the Senate. We don't have a, a snowball's chance in hell of actually removing the president, but we'll just keep impeaching him. My hope is that we will expand this and take up additional issues. But I would also say this for your viewers, for edification purposes. A president can be impeached more than once. So we can do this. You got that? Al Green is going to point something out to you for your edification purposes. A president can be impeached more than once. So we can do this. We can move forward with what we have on the table currently. We can take this before the Senate and we can still investigate other issues. And when the president um, has committed additional offenses, and my suspicion is that he will, we can take those before the Senate. Uh, There is no limit on the number of times the Senate can vote uh, to convict or not a president. No limit to the number of times the House can vote to impeach or not. So basically what he's telling you there is we're going to hold the House of Representatives hostage. If you don't allow us to remove this president, we're just going to impeach him again, and we'll keep impeaching him, and none of the uh, business of the people will get done. And Paul Begala, who is a major uh, you know, political operative in the Democrat Party, he took the CNN right after Al Green to, uh, to harumph, harumph. I agree. We'll just keep impeaching him, and we'll, we'll make this so painful for the American people, we won't get any business done. We'll hold the government hostage that if they don't allow us to remove him, that eventually we'll just tear down the whole nation. Kevin McCarthy, uh, in response to all of this pointed out that they're not getting any of the business of the people done. Final question for the speaker is when will we get the Mexico and Canada trade agreement? When is the funding bill to fund our troops for the department of defense? More importantly, how have we been able to help to make our country stronger more prosperous since taking the gap. My real question that I think the American public would ask this new majority, name me one problem you have solved. Name one problem that they have even addressed. They keep pointing to the fact that we've passed a bunch of bills out of the house, but none of those have been uh, negotiated a compromise with the Senate, something that the president can sign. The president has offered to negotiate uh, the status of the dreamers, which is a major Democrat priority. He's offered to move an infrastructure bill forward, which is a major uh, uh, issue for working people. He's offered to um, make drug prices transparent and drive down the cost of prescription drugs. They're not moving anything forward. So, you know, I know Nancy is prayerful and this is not about politics and she has no hate in her heart. But can, 
Can we keep it real for just a second? The only reason the Democrats are still clinging to this impeachment is because they can see their candidates led by creepy, slow, uh, addled Joe Biden don't have a chance in hell of beating Donald Trump unless they can drive down his approval numbers or somehow remove him from office. And we're going to take a lead, uh, a look at the leader in the Democrats' primary field, old Joe Biden, when we come back from these messages. Stick with us. Mojo. Whether you're moving in together for the first time. This can be your closet. Or you're a new parent to a little fur baby. Viva Paper Towels can help you maintain a clean home. They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. So they clean like cloth, helping you pick up after your new pet in your new home. For an exceptional cloth-like clean, use Viva Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more and start fresh with a clean feeling of home. So Joe Biden started the day yesterday by tweeting out that we need a president who is respected on the world stage. And that was followed uh, very shortly by a new ad. The Biden campaign rolled out a new ad saying that uh, the world is mocking Trump and what we need now is more Joe Biden. 50 years wasn't enough. The world sees Trump for what he is, insincere, ill-informed, corrupt, dangerously incompetent and incapable, in my view, of world leadership. And if we give Donald Trump four more years, we'll have a great deal of difficulty if ever being able to recover America's standing in the world and our capacity to bring nations together. So what we need is more Joe Biden. Joe Biden, who has been patently wrong about every foreign policy and national defense issue for the last 40 years because we can't put up anymore with Trump keeping us and getting us out of foreign wars and trying to reform these disastrous trade policies that were implemented with the assistance and the leadership of Joe Biden. What a joke. (laughs) It was there for 50 years and got us into one ridiculous mess after another. And because uh, the blackface Justin Trudeau was caught on a live mic making a, a, a joke about Trump that, you know, we should pay attention to that. But it wasn't long yesterday before old Joe Biden, who claimed that, uh, you know, world leaders were making fun of Donald Trump, so we needed to elect Joe Biden. He's out there in Iowa campaigning. And just made an utter fool of himself all day long. It started when he was holding a a town hall meeting that looked like it had about 50 attendees. Could you imagine if if, uh, Donald Trump went out and had a a town hall, how many people he could put in a room? But uh, one of the, uh, a retired farmer had the nerve, had the timidity to ask Joe Biden a tough question. We all know Trump uh, has been messing around in Ukraine over there, holding their 
foreign aid order for them to come up so so far so good this uh this farmer shows his uh his uh democrat bona fides by bashing the president but uh and that's great old joe biden was uh very happy with this so far but then this happened but you on the other hand Set your son over there. Get a job and work for a gas company that he had no experience in class or nothing. In order to get access to the public, he said the president. So you're you're selling access to the president just like he is. So you you're got a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has heard that. I'm getting a little tired of these. No one has ever said that. And and uh, the the proof is conclusive argument from the Democrats. But uh, he did it again. He, you know, this this voter brings up the fact of uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's obvious corruption in the Ukraine, and Biden falls back on his line that nobody has ever uh, said that. You're a damn liar, man. That's not true. And no one has ever said that. No one has heard that. You see it on the TV. No, I know you do. And by the way, that's why I'm not sedentary. I don't like it up and let him go. So the first thing he does, he, he says, you're watching TV, so you're old and sedentary because this is one of those beefy Iowa farmers. So Biden starts right off calling him a liar and then uh, uh, accusing him of being sedentary. Look, the reason I'm running is because I've been around a long time and I know more than most people know. And I can get things done. That's why I'm running. And you want to check my shape on it, let's do push-ups together again. Let's, do, let's run. Let's do whatever you want to do. Now old Creepy Joe is back to challenging people to a push-up contest. I wish he would actually do a push-up so we could see this, this uh, fantastic physical specimen that old Joe Biden is. No one has said my son has done anything wrong, and I did not on any occasion. And no one has ever said it. Not I didn't one. say you were doing anything wrong. I you said I set up my son to work in an oil company. Didn't know what you said? I Get your work straight, Jack. That's what I hear on the MSNBC. So the guy says, I'm an MSNBC watcher. I saw this on MSNBC, and Joe Biden says, oh, that's not possible. You don't hear that on MSNBC. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get an argument with you, man. Well, I don't want to. Well, yeah, you do, but uh, uh, look, fat, look, here's the deal. Did you hear that? He said, look fat, and then he corrected himself. So, old Joe Biden's out there insulting an old man who had the nerve to ask him a tough question. Can you imagine? Can you just imagine Joe Biden getting on the stage with Donald Trump? Donald Trump would tear him apart. It would be an absolute bloodbath. I'm going to let you listen to the rest of this clip. You did not hear that at all. What you heard? Look, okay, I'm not going to get an argument with you, man. Well, yeah, you do, but uh, uh, look, fat, look, here's the deal. Here's the deal. It looks, he looks like you don't have to go back home to the Trump. Can I talk? Let him talk. Any other questions? Yeah. So, old fat, uh, he got in a, a dig, uh, the last dig, and old Biden finally shut up. They tracked. 
old fat down, as, as uh, Joe Biden has uh, termed him, after this town hall and, uh, and, and the, the old retired farmer made a lot more sense than Joe Biden did. I'm not, tr- I'm not trying to cause him problems. I'm just trying to bring out all of this bullshit he's been telling here today is, is all softball stuff. We don't want to answer the hard stuff. He's been in the Congress all his life in, in all of these problems like high drug prices and all of that. Where in the hell has he been for the last 50 years? So, and he's going to change it all now? Bullshit. What do you think of the animosity Joe Biden showed you here today? The animosity, he was very, I would say he was pretty mean. Pretty mean. Yeah, that's good. I, 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 at least he's got, he's so old that he's senile. Anyhow. Well, I would argue that he is senile. He's arguing that he's been around a long time and he knows a lot. The problem is everything he knows is wrong. It's not what he doesn't know. It's what he does know that's wrong. He was right there on the front lines voting to send us into Iraq. He was part of the administration that toppled the government over in Libya and flooded Europe with these, uh, these, uh, uh, illegal aliens from Africa. He went on yesterday. I mean, it was just a, 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 a tour de force of one gaffe after another. He called this voter fat and old, said he was too old to vote for him. He claimed at one point yesterday that he had been vice president in 1976, which I don't know why he keeps going back to the, the 70s. He also said that Martin Luther King and Bobby Kennedy were assassinated in, in 1976 or 1978. He was talking to a group of children about climate change and and told them not once but twice that they were in Ohio. And the way you do that is, for example, you are in the state of Ohio. It's the state of Ohio, like you're trying to do in the state of Ohio. Well, that, that clip wasn't actually as damning as I thought he did correct himself. They, you know, they have a similar uh, number of letters in the word, I guess. John Kerry uh, came out and endorsed Joe Biden's candidacy yesterday i'm not surprised what do these two guys have in common well you know what they've got in common uh they both have family members that served on the uh, on financial boards with absolutely zero experience and are making millions of dollars off that while living in america raking in millions and millions of dollars joe biden's son never even went to the ukraine and uh, uh joe biden's uh, protege Devin Archer said on that same board. So I'm not surprised John Kerry endorsed him. So we've got all of this, uh, going on over in the crane and the, the media has steadfastly turned a blind eye to it. But, uh, this new rising star in conservative media, Ch- Chanel Rion went over there with Julie, uh, Rudy Giuliani and is actually investigating some of these people and getting to the bottom of the Biden's corruption over there. We're going to cover a lot of that on uh, Monday morning. I hope you'll join us then. But when we come back from this break, 
We're going to hear from Andrew Pollack to discuss his new book, Why Meadow Died, talking about the the tragedy at the Parkland um, High School there in Broward County, Florida. Stick with us. We'll be right back on the Mojo 5 Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo Five O Radio Network. On February 14th, 2018, a mentally deranged student shot and killed 17 fellow students at Stoneman Douglas High School in Broward County, Florida. In the aftermath of the tragedy, it was learned that law enforcement and school officials missed literally dozens of opportunities to stop Nicholas Cruz and had, in fact, implemented programs that allowed this tragedy to happen. To talk about this, we're joined now by Andrew Pollack, father of Meadow Pollack, who lost her life that day. He's authored a new book, Why Meadow Died, The People and Policies That Created the Parkland Shooter and Endanger American Students. And you can get the book at 4meadow.com. Sir, thank you for this book, and uh, thank you for dedicating yourself to preventing um, another tragedy like what happened that day at Parkland. If something happened uh, to one of my daughters, like what happened to yours, I don't think I could have been as strong. Oh, I, well, I hope you never have, that ever happens, but there's nothing a father wouldn't do to honor their daughter. And, and, and that's what this book's about. My, 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 people ask me why I wrote it. And the reason why I wrote this, or so put it into this, I call it a manual now for other parents, is I wanted to know everything that happened how that could happen, and I wanted accountability for my daughter. And and that's what it's about, even to this day, that drives me to be on the radio with you, is educating parents to what happened because mainstream media doesn't want you to know the truth, and to honor my daughter and and figure out and hold them all accountable. And that's that's why I'm here today. It's really about accountability for my daughter because when I when I look at what happened in Parkland, I don't only hold the killer responsible. I'm for the death penalty. Uh, I would throw gas and light the match on him myself. But there's other people that failed in the system. And for my daughter, I, I need to hold them accountable, and, and that's what I'm doing. You know, anybody can make a mistake, but the sheer number of opportunities in this case to stop uh, this crazed maniac points to something uh, other than human error. It points to a systemic uh, failure throughout the system of law enforcement and education there in Broward County. 
and misguided policies that were implemented uh, that had disastrous results. Just describe for the listeners, if you would, uh, give some broad outlines of this promise program that allowed Nicholas Cruz to still be enrolled in the uh, in the Broward County school system. Sure. The promise program started with this failed superintendent that's still in Broward. His name's Robert Runcie. He came from Chicago. My luck, he, he came from Chicago to Broward. Former protege he, of uh, Arnie Duncan, who was the correct. Secretary of Education in the Obama administration. Correct. So he was a uh, protege, and he came to Broward with the intentions to lower uh, arrests and to reduce suspensions and, the, and, and expulsions. That was his thing, and he, and he did it. It was a miracle. In one year, he reduced crime in the school district by 70%. Well, did he actually so, reduce crime, or did he just start ignoring well, crime? That's what they did. So their policies were just not to arrest or, 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 or to expel or suspend. One of the policies were a student would be allowed four misdemeanors per school year, with never being introduced to law enforcement. And and then every year it would reset. So in ninth grade, he could sell drugs, commit a battery, assault, uh, four uh, things like that that are misdemeanors. And then in 10th grade, it resets and they're allowed to do it again. And, and this is the policy. That's and, a, that's a rep- recipe for, one, uh, no education going on, and two, a very dangerous environment. Correct, and it made for a chaotic chaotic, uh, environment in the school district. And not only what what these liberal bureaucrats don't understand us, it hurts everybody. It hurts the children that are being disruptive and committing crimes because they don't learn accountability. It hurts the students that want to go and learn, and it affects the teachers because they have to deal with it. And what I want parents to know is this isn't just happened in Broward. Okay, this is these policies are in thousands of schools throughout the country. Uh, and to prove my point, uh, California uh, just Gavin Newsom just signed into law that it's illegal to suspend or expel disruptive students. If you could believe that, and that exact policy is is what led to these to the leniency environment of leniency in Broward and it creates just a terrible environment and and I put my daughter into this you know and I didn't know so that's why it's so important for parents and grandparents to read my book to see what happened in Parkland use that as a template as a manual to see if it's going on at your child's school because ultimately parents and grandparents you know, you're responsible where you bring your kid. You know, you drive them to the school bus, you drive them to the school. And I'm only saying that because I've met with politicians that are, are my good friends. They can't help at a little at a local level. The president, the governor, the senators that I'm all friends with, they can't do anything when it comes to your local school district if they are participating in these policies. It's up to the parents. And it's a big issue going on in the country right now. And if there's any doubt that your book is so badly needed, the idea that they're now implementing the same programs that allowed Parkland to happen statewide in the largest uh, uh, state in this nation with the most school children just sends chills up your spines. Uh, 
it it's almost unbelievable if you didn't understand the, the the mindset of of these leftists you know it it kind of seems remarkable to me that they brought a um an educator an administrator from Chicago to Broward County what in the world uh, is there about the Chicago school district with its high rates of violence and low performing um you know educational standards that would recommend uh, this man to be the superintendent in Broward County? Well, Broward County actually was the model for this policy. Uh, And Broward, if anyone ever hears from Broward, it's a very corrupt democratic uh, cesspool. Uh, The the supervisor of elections, it was just, you know, in the news how they – corrupted the last election against Rick Scott and Ron DeSantis. They removed the supervisor of elections. Then they had to remove the sheriff for his failed policies uh, for what led up to my, one of the things, uh, the failed response in, in my daughter uh, when, when she was murdered. But this is one of the platforms for the Democratic Party now. If you really look into it, Beto O'Rourke mentioned it the other night of not suspend, not suspending students in school. He mentioned it in a debate. Uh, I actually stayed up that long, and it, it put me to sleep. But I did hear that part of the debate when he spoke about suspensions. Uh, the president rescinded uh, these Obama-era policies, and 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 it meant a lot to me. But at a local level, they could still do it. If, if Joe Biden is on his website right now, and the Democrats, they want it, they want to actually put these programs. They want to spread them throughout the whole country even more than they already are. It's on his website to reduce, you know, suspensions, expulsions, arrests. And really, it's wrecking the public school system. And parents need to wake up. They need to see what, what's going on in the public schools. And that's why why Meadow Diet is so important. And that's why there's not one liberal mainstream channel that wanted to put me on to talk about the book. And I want the parents to know all the stuff that I have in my book is factual that I got from the school district and the defense team that they got the records. It took months and months because the school district wasn't transparent. So it's very important for them to read this book. Well, Robert Renzi, the school superintendent that you referred to, is still on the job there. He has not been fired despite... You know, his uh, his leadership that led to this and his implementation of this promise program, he denied initially that they even were aware that uh, that Cruz was a disciplinary problem and that he uh, that he had already been enrolled in his so-called promise program. They later had to admit it, but nobody's held him him accountable. No, it's uh, and he called it uh, fake news when we asked him about it. He called it fake news. And you just have to read the records that we got. It's jaw-dropping what what they would allowed in this district to happen to my daughter. And I don't want any other parent to ever have to do do what like what I'm going through. That's why it's so important. Like I didn't know what was going on at the school, but now parents they have no you know they have no excuse anymore after reading my book to really understand what happened. You know, you had a shooting in Santa Fe. I went out to Santa Fe uh, after, you know, just because my heart broke for these families after the shooting. And just to show you how, you know, you have Beto O'Rourke running. He's spewing this gun control about uh, 
I don't even I don't know what an assault rifle is, but semi-automatic rifles he wants to ban. But he he fails to mention in Santa Fe the killer used a shotgun and a pistol to kill one of my friends, my friend's son. So why doesn't he mention that? Because that doesn't meet their agenda, and it's pretty pathetic on their part that that's his state. And he doesn't even recognize the shooting at the Santa Fe High School. Well, you know, uh, if we wait to secure the schools until we resolve this issue of gun control, no matter what side you come down on that, then we're going to continue to put our children at at risk when ultimately, even if we were to implement gun control, there would still be plenty of guns on the street. The solution, as yes. you have pointed out and do so in your book, is to securing these schools. If we can secure airports right. and government buildings and and private, you know, uh, factories and such, we can certainly uh, secure the repositories where we send all of our children every day for education. And what parents need to know also is uh, security at the schools. Like I know you're doing a great job in Texas, following Florida. You, they're arming, uh, they're letting teachers go and get trained and personnel, and, which is great. The more, the more the merrier. I, I want the lunch ladies armed if I had a kid at, at a school Just going through that training because I know how intense it is. But that place, after looking at these policies, that plays, in my mind, a smaller factor than allowing these sick kids with no accountability in the schools. You know, you know so... The, everything with security is layered. So if I had to put a number on it, I would say the allowing kids that are sick, uh, emotionally disturbed, with and never holding them accountable is far worse than uh, you know. It, it, it plays a bigger role in these shootings. It was it was on, never you know, doing Nicholas Cruz any good to be in that school to begin with, and it was putting never, all of the other students. At risk, he should have been in a, a juvenile disp, uh, uh, control situation where he could have received some treatment and, and um, you know, didn't pose a risk to everybody else. It would have been better for him and for all of the other students. My daughter would be alive, but they did do that. If you read in the book, they had to, the, he held the middle school hostage for almost a year. Uh, what they, the teacher had to go through to get this kid out of the school. And the teacher tried valiantly. She did everything she could to jump through all the bureaucratic hoops that they had laid out for her. And yet they still refused. And like you said, I guess everything reset when he went to college and they just swept all his records under the rug. No, they didn't even have records in high school. He was like a role model student. They didn't keep it. And in middle school, he's suspended like every other day when he, when they put him back in the high school, Okay, there is no records. But let me tell you how what they also did to my daughter, the school district. So the teacher writes he's infatuated with guns. He's infatuated with the Civil War, with the killing, the blood, uh, drawing stick figures, using a pencil, shooting kids in the classroom. So they know all about his records. Okay, when when they go to put him in the high school with my daughter, they enroll him in JROTC where they give him an air assault rifle and they train him how to shoot. That, that, that's what the school does after seeing those records that you read uh, that that teacher had to keep that's well, in the book. My God, it's not like a different organization runs the middle schools and the high schools. They were all uh, run by the school district. How, how does this guy just leave behind his disciplinary record when he goes from one school to the next? It's sickening. 
it is sickening, and, and it's going on throughout America. And that's why Why Meadow Died, the book, is so important for parents and grandparents to get it. I want them to read it, and this way they could they have no excuse of not knowing if these policies are in their schools. And it ought to and all, absolutely be required rating for every school board member throughout this nation and, and as well as every law enforcement officer. They're, they should be yep. training based on the tragedy of Parkland, how to prevent another one of these. And uh, and they should start with this promise program. And, and how in the world did Robert Renzi recruit the sheriff from Broward County, Scott Israel, to turn a blind eye to this illegality going on right there in the school system? Oh, I could tell you that pretty quick. So the sheriff is an elected official, okay? So when he signed on to this program, he, it was another miracle that he committed. He reduced crime by 30%. Amazing. But that's what they do. He was an, like he's claimed on Tapper on CNN, amazing leadership. Amazing he had leadership. At the Broward, at the Broward Sheriff's office. So he signed on to that. And then when he, so he could run his commercial and politicize his department and say he reduced crime by 30%. Let me play you a little clip from that that, uh, interview that you you mentioned, and then I'll have you comment on it. A lot of people in the community have noted that the Broward County School Board entered into an agreement when you were sheriff in 2013 to pursue the, quote, least punitive means of discipline against students. This news policy encouraged warnings, consultations with parents, and programs on conflict resolution instead of arresting students for crimes. Were there not incidents committed by this shooter as a student, had this new policy not been in place, that otherwise he would have been arrested for and not able to legally buy a gun? What, it, what you're referring to is the Promise Program, and it's, it's giving the school, the school uh, has the ability under certain circumstances, not to call the police, not to get the police involved on misdemeanor offenses, and take care of it within the school. It's uh, it's an it's an excellent program. It's helping many many people. Helping many many people, he says. It's yeah, it's, bre- that? it's breathtaking to hear a law enforcement officer say that he's going to turn over the uh, enforcement of these laws designed to protect everybody's students to teachers and school administrators. Correct. They take uh, policing away from the police and they give it to school administrators, if you could believe it. And and that's led to my daughter getting murdered. And these uh, school districts that participate in them, uh, they make law enforcement out to be the enemy. And and, and my buddies uh, have many buddies in law enforcement that work at the schools and their hands are tied in Broward. And and they make them out to be the enemy, but really law enforcement should be there to mentor these kids when they do have a problem, so we set them up for success when they're older. They, that bureaucratic BS that they talk about, about, he, you know, Sheriff Israel judged his success by how many times he, he kept kids out of, out of jail. But meanwhile, it ended up, he doesn't, it ended up costing the lives of 17 people. His police, his sheriff's department were at his house, if you can believe it, 45 calls, if you can imagine, with never an arrest. Never. He punched his mother's teeth out, wasn't arrested. Trespassed at the school, wasn't arrested. Uh, threatened to shoot the school up, still wasn't arrested. Threatened kids' lives at the school, wasn't arrested. So this is what goes on with these policies, and parents 
you're ultimately responsible where you put your children, uh, what school you put them in, and it's on you where you put them. Don't make the mistake like I did and just think every school, my kid's safe at the school, and they, it's impossible that they they have policies like that. That's not true. Even in some red counties, they got infiltrated, infiltrated by some liberal school board members, and they could have these policies in place. So it's on the parents. That, that's my message uh, that I've been given with the book uh, out there on every radio show I'm on. It's on you. You have no excuse. And nothing is worth, at the end of the day, uh, no education's worth it if, you pay, if your kids don't come home at the end of the day mm-hmm. and you have options. You know, Scott Israel's uh, department there had every opportunity. Uh, this guy was known to them. Uh, he had been documented to, you know, be uh, not only a disciplinary hazard, but a, a, a violent threat to uh, to people yeah. in his life. And all of they, all they had to do was do a, a, a cursory of the investigation of his social media accounts, and they would have seen that he was threatening to shoot up the school right there on his social media. Well, they got tips. FBI also, and the Sheriff's Department. And one other thing that, that the listeners should know, what Scott Israel did, Scott Israel also changed his active shooter uh, response. It always, it, they, you know, after Columbine, uh, law enforcement learned a lot about setting up a perimeter. So he changed the active shooter response to deputies may go into the building where it, before, it, up until him, it said they shall go in. So he changed that. That's part of the reason why uh, Ron DeSantis had to remove him from his incompetence. I, but, didn't, you know, I did not know that. You know, in the aftermath of Columbine, yeah. it was well-established uh, uh, law enforcement protocol that the only appropriate response to an active shooter was to go and confront the shooter. Even if yes. the deputy is... Uh, fails in ultimately neutralizing the shooter, at least he stops the shooter from being able to concentrate on on killing. You know, so it causes he this, he's, causes this, the yeah. shooter to run or to take cover. This Yes, he changed it. Can you imagine? Oh and then he God. changed it back. And then he changed it back after the commission hearings, changed it back to uh, shall go in. So, And if you can believe it, how, Bra- how Broward is such a toxic, uh, Democratic cesspool. He's actually running again in 2020, and he stands a chance of getting reelected. The only thing Scott not Israel not should be Broward. doing is to apologizing for his his failures and dedicating himself to uh, making uh, retribution and restitution to those parents who lost their you children as a result of his incompetence and his his stupidity. It's pretty sad. Uh, none of the leaders in Broward accept any uh, responsibility for what happened. None of them uh, did anything wrong. They're all have as uh, amazing seeing leadership. And he's running again. And he could win in Broward. I, I sold by. I won't live in a place like Broward. I sold. Uh, I, I'm happy to get out of there. Uh, I'm healing just being away from that county. And parents, please get out. Go out. And then after you read why Meadow died, like you said before, give it to a school board member or, or a teacher or someone in law enforcement so they could see these failures. And, and, and they'll let you know if it's going on in, in the school where your child is. Well, Andrew Pollock, thank you again for this book. Thank you for dedicating yourself to, uh, to pre- preventing this kind of tragedy to happening to other parents. And um, 
you know, I wish I knew what to say to you. You know, all of us are really on this earth uh, such a short period of time, and, and God bless you and your family and keep you until Thanks. that day when you're all reunited with your uh, your precious daughter, Meadow. I, I appreciate you, and, and I owe it to her to be on this quest for accountability, and I do it all for my daughter, and there's no one or nothing that's going to stop me from holding these people accountable. God bless you, sir. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Some call it insight. Others call it vision. At Pershing, we call it perspective. A perspective you'll benefit from, from a custodian you can rely on. One who can help navigate the big picture and whose products give you a competitive edge. One who considers everything. What will help you succeed today and tomorrow? Open yourself to a new perspective and open the possibilities. Consider everything. BNY Mellon Pershing. Learn more at pershing.com slash go independent. Pershing Advisor Solutions, LLC. Member FINRA SIPC. Well, you know... Creating an unsafe environment by instituting these leftist programs on discipline and um, and who to allow in their schools are not the only hazards that are being posed to our children at these public schools. A growing number of children are being treated for um, being overwhelmed by the fear of environmental doom as these climate alarmists use the captive audience in the schools to spread their fears of this impending climate crisis disaster. Protests by groups like uh, Extinction Rebellion about the recent fires in Amazon at, in the Amazon, which are perfectly in keeping with, uh, with past uh, forest fire activities, are uh, convincing these students that uh, the, the world is... Uh, in danger of coming to an end. And I recall when my children were uh, in elementary school, uh, right after Al Gore published this, uh, this faux documentary, An Inconvenient Truth, uh, they would come home uh, and wake up in the, in the middle of the night crying about um, the, this threat of global warming. And now they've got this uh, young girl uh, from Sweden I believe it is, or Norway, Greta Thunberg. And, uh, and she is uh, being groomed as the new face of climate disaster for this younger generation. And parents are coming into therapy asking for help for their children because of, uh, of this fear that they're being um, inculcated with when you send them off to school. The symptoms are clinical anxiety, uh, a fear of doom and that we're all going to die. And and this is just part of the abuse that these leftist programs are heaping upon our children in these in these public schools and sadly to say at many private schools. There is well being inculcated with us this idea that there is no such thing as male and female. And they're telling these these young Elementary school children, that gender is fluid and that they can pick whether they want to be male or female even before 
they have uh, you know finished formulating their uh, their self images. They're they're putting these ideas in their heads, all designed to further these left wing um, ideologies. It is psychological abuse on a grand scale. They they uh, they take all discipline out of the school so that you can't get any actual learning done. And then they use the time that they have your children not in teaching them math and science and reading, but indoctrinating them in this far-left um, agenda. It's hard to understand why we allow it. It's hard to understand why they want to do it. But at the end of the day, it's up to you to protect your children from this kind of abuse. Well, that's it for this episode of Right Now with Jim Dawes. That interview with um, Andrew Pollack is just, um, just sad beyond belief. But God bless him for trying to prevent another tragedy like what happened in Parkland. Come back here and join us again tomorrow, right now, on the Mojo 5 Radio Network for another edition of Right Now. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word, delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details.